Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we get to talk to Rivers Teske, who's one of the kindest, sweetest people we have ever met. She is actually married to Pastor Paul Teske, who we interviewed a few months ago on episode 114. After we met Rivers in person, we're like, we need to talk to her. The challenge was trying to narrow down what stories to talk to her about. So what do we do? Why don't we ask Rivers about one of the most difficult things she's ever experienced in her life? <laughs> that's, that's what we did. <laughs> Folks, imagine dropping your oldest child off at college. She's the model kid, smart, beautiful, talented, and your daughter decides to attend the same exact college that you did. Then, after finishing her freshman year, she comes home for the summer and tells you she's pregnant. And to make things even more complicated, your spouse is a senior pastor of a large church in Connecticut, and you have no idea how you're going to handle this or how you're going to tell your congregation. This is such an amazing pro-life story. We can't wait for you to hear this conversation with our new friend, Rivers Teske. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. I right, love Steph. her. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy. We've actually met her in person. Yes. It feels like we're with family. It does. It really does. Well, friends, our next guest is an international speaker author, pro-life advocate for children, and founder of the nonprofit organization Hidden Choices. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to tell us a good story, Mrs. Rivers Teske. Oh, Rivers. Welcome, welcome. What an honor. Well, you are, like Steph said, you're one of the very few guests. We've actually met in person. Mm -hmm. And Oh, yes. So we'll give listeners kind of context. We interviewed her husband, Mm -hmm. Pastor Paul Teske, a few episodes ago, actually a few months ago. Yeah. Right? And then we happened to go down to Dallas for an interview on Life Today, Mm -hmm. the James Robinson show. And of course, Rivers and her husband, Pastor Paul, live in Dallas. Yes, they do. They were kind enough to invite us to dinner. Which I was shocked. I was shocked as well. We were shocked. We were were like, like, okay. Absolutely. We would love this. Let's do this. So Pastor Paul picked us up at our hotel. Mm -hmm. And then we drove somewhere where you were at Rivers. And then you hopped in the back seat. And immediately, it was like... I mean, Your the best epitome of Southern Belle <laughs> comes in the car. This beautiful blonde woman who's so kind, so caring. She was just amazing. We were with you guys for, I think, four hours. And we were actually yeah. sad when we were leaving. Oh, mm-hmm. So were we. Yeah. So were we. When we let you off, the door closed and we went, oh my gosh, I wish they lived in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> well... You blew us away because that's one of the first times where we've met a couple and you wouldn't let us ask about you. Mm-hmm. It was immediately out of the gate. No, 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 no. We're talking about you guys, Kevin and Steph. Oh. We want to hear about you. Mm-hmm. And typically it's the other way around, Rivers. So you kind of flipped the script on us. It was weird. Where it was like the first hour. It was almost uncomfortable for us. Steph and I are downloading mm-hmm. what we've gone through in our lives. And then we're like... You guys started telling us your life story, and our mouths were 
on the floor. I think three hours later, our mouths <laughs> still were on the floor. It was just crazy everything you and Pastor Paul have gone yes. through. Well, my husband is a general. I love being his wife because he says, this is his mantra, nothing this side of the grave is impossible. Um, he says it's manageable and the human spirit is strong. And this is what we were called to do. I believe Paul and I were called to do to speak into people's lives. But I, I suppose you want to ask me that first question. Well, yes, there are many things, Rivers, that we could yeah. ask you about. Especially right? Especially from that night. Especially from that conversation. Yes. Right. But actually, we're not going to ask you that. Okay. But we are fascinated by the pro-life mm-hmm. story that you have in regards to your daughter and your grandson. This is mm-hmm. fascinating and just an incredible story. And so yes. I want to kind of set okay. the stage here for listeners, all right? So you and Pastor Paul have been ministers pretty much your entire life, right? Pastor Paul was a Lutheran minister, I think, 45 years. and 46 now. 46, 46 now, okay. And at the time, he was senior pastor of a church in Connecticut. Your mm-hmm. oldest of three children left the house, went to college down in Baylor University, where you graduated from, same Mm -hmm. school as as her mother. And what happened from there? Yeah. Well, we got gut punched. (laughs) She came home after her freshman year and she was pregnant. And yeah, we had, I was gut punched. Uh, Her dad was much stronger than me, but uh, my husband was so dear What he did first was he said, Rivers, it's not like I've run off with the church organist. We are family and we're going to stand behind our daughter. And if the church cannot love us through this, then I haven't done my job very well. Mm. Mm. To back up though. Okay. She gets home. How does she tell this to you and Pastor Paul, right? Her, Her whole life, her dad's been a minister. How does she present this to you guys? Well, that was hard. She went to say goodbye to her brother and sister at the high school. And then she calls us from the side of the road. And, you know, we dealt in the military with cadets and young college kids. And I thought she was going to commit suicide or something because uh, she was telling us goodbye. She loved us and she did not know when she would see us. So she went to an airport and bought a ticket to come back to Texas, probably to face the young birth father who said he didn't want to have anything to do with it. So we raced <laughs> I, I, probably 105 miles an hour down the highway to New Jersey and found her in an airport. Yeah, it was very, uh, it's very, see, look at me, even 25 years later, I can tell you when I ran down the corridor and I saw my husband had found her, I had to stop and like catch my breath because he was holding her in his arms. Mm. Obviously she had told him, I had kind of brought it up in the car. Do you think she's pregnant or something? And he said, oh no, 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 not our daughter. And when I saw them hugging, I knew immediately that, you know, something was wrong. Mm. Yeah. So was she heading back to school then? I don't know. I need to ask her this question. What were you doing? (laughs) I don't think we got that point. But this story is about perseverance, but also love, unconditional love. And parents and grandparents, which I have told and explained in microphones all over the world, we only get one shot at parenting. 
And grandparents, I speak to them too. Your job is not retirement. Your job is to pray for your children and for your grandchildren before you leave this earth. So I, I don't know. I had to have, um, you know, a come to Jesus meeting with myself and with the pro-life issues. I had not thought about it. And so my husband did something very kind and beautiful with me. He said, look, we're going to go to each elder and we're going to tell them this story. What's going on? And of course, I wanted to run out of town and just leave town. (laughs) You know, I wanted to escape, but you can't escape. You have to manage this. And so he took us to each elder's family. And guess what happened? They wept with us first. They loved on us. And then they started telling their own stories. Mm. I mean, this was very cathartic for our church. And our church was a safe place. My husband really had had spoken into this, that these doors are safe. And we're going to welcome in broken people and we're going to get healed up. So what happened was our grandson's birth was absolutely Uh, So beautiful. When I was in Texas while he was being born, Paul uh, told the congregation and they gave him a a five minute standing ovation. All the elders came and stood around him and they said, bring that baby home. He is ours. Amazing, right? Because so many pastors, I want church people to hope they're listening. A lot of pastors take their congregants and daughters to have abortions. And, you know, this is life. And um, we found a maternity home. And maternity homes, there are only about 300 in the nation right now. It's just a, it's a very uh, hard thing for housing. Four to six women, 12 you know, pregnant women. But the Catholics are on top of this. I hope they're using their unused convents now to open up for housing. But God said this to me. This is before our grandson was born. He said, Rivers, this is not drugs. This isn't prison. This is not death. This is life. And so I said, okay, God, I'm going to handle this and we're going to figure out a way to make this work. And we brought, I brought her home, my daughter home when the baby was seven days old. And Paul and I have in our whole entire family. So we came around our daughter and our other son. We came around, the whole church came around And we raised this baby baby to be strong in the Lord, to love the Lord with all his heart, soul, and might. And uh, I can't say enough for him. And thank God, you know what? My daughter is my hero because in view of everything coming against her life, she, she said two wrongs don't make a right. And she was never abortion minded. So I think the church kind of woke up. I certainly woke up. And Tyler is never known as birth father. And if you go up on Hidden Choices, his story is on the homepage. Yes. He tells it himself as yes. a high schooler, if you've seen that. Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So Tara, she'd had a boyfriend for like six months right? Her freshman year of college. He wants Tara to have an abortion. 
Yes. Tara doesn't believe in abortion, but she has to make the decision of, do I keep the baby or do I give the baby up for adoption? So Mm -hmm. how does she come about making that decision and even presenting it to you and Pastor Paul? Yeah. Okay. So at maternity homes, we felt like it would be the best place for her to go. So she could make her an adult decision on her own. She'd have to own that. And, um, I thought at the time at 18 years old, it would be the best thing to find an adoptive home that, you know, forever family. But as she got closer to birth, she came home for Christmas and she said this, dad, daddy, could you have placed me for adoption? And he said, I've I've never thought about that question. Of course not. But Tara, we are here. We're going to stand beside you. And you bring the baby home when he's born and we will do everything that we can to support you. Now, our church, like I said, was phenomenal. Uh, Tara went on to not only graduate from college, but she was an intern with the New York football giants. She wanted to be, I think, a sports agent at that time. So bless her heart. She would drive to New Jersey. She lived in New Jersey. We took care of the baby in Connecticut And then she interned for the White House, of all Mm. things. So I don't know how pro-life that they were at the time. I'm hoping that they were. But she took that business acumen, everything that she learned through those experiences. And when she went to Texas, when Tyler was about five, and she became a teacher, and she got two masters. And she's been teaching all these years. The children, the parents, they love her. I just want people to realize, those that are listening, this is a winnable solution. So, yes. Is it Tara or Tara? Because Pastor Paul (laughs) says Tara, and you've said Tara in the videos we've watched. (laughs) You guys are so good. I can't believe. No wonder you are so famous. (laughs) 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 No. Your your tell us a good story is amazing. And I don't remember telling you all all this. I say Tara. Her daddy calls her Tara. Yes. We'll say Tara just so it's consistent. I will do my best. Okay. I will tell. Okay. So you've (laughs) talked about Tara and how she's been an overcomer and she chose life and she's been this amazing mama. But what about Tyler? How has his perspective on life, his in his opinion, I'm sure his dad abandoned him. So Mm -hmm. how has he been able to overcome that feeling of abandonment from his father? Well, isn't this an issue that is affecting millions of people? And the coaches step in, the grandparents step in, the grandpa steps in. But yeah, he suffered. He would say when he was little, when is God going to bring me my daddy? Mm. So I would fly out and I would just cry on the plane. God, when are you going to be bringing his dad? I can't be a liar. I know that you care. So I think Tyler has been strengthened. He has persevered uh, because of the good people in his life and around my husband who stepped around his life as his father. And then uh, when his adoptive father came in his life at 11 years old, that man has been incredible. Yeah. Rivers, I have so many questions based on what you have just said. So the first thing that comes to mind is the feeling of abandonment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It reminds me when I was in college, one of my close friends was on the baseball team. 
And I remember having a conversation with him and he broke down crying in his dorm room because I was asking about his family and his parents were older. His other siblings were much older than him. And he said, I I was the accident. I was the oops. My parents had an unplanned pregnancy, not as a teenager, but in their 40s. And so the flip side, and he had this feeling of my parents didn't want me. I didn't feel loved and Mm. literally broke down crying, just talking about his family to me because he had that that feeling from birth, right? And then I look at Tyler and I'm watching an interview that he did on hiddenchoices.org. And he talks about once he got to his teenage years, he gave it to God. And this feeling of abandonment was gone, right? Because he was feeling love from his heavenly father. I was so impressed because he's like, even though my biological father's not around, I still feel love. That feeling of abandonment is gone, Mm -hmm. which is mind boggling. Like only God could do that, heal that type of wound on a young man like that. Mm -hmm. It's so impressive. Remember my husband's book, The Father's Blessing? Yes, yes. So my parents divorced when I was five and my forever father came into my life when I was nine. I really did not know my birth father at all. And this is kind of where my book comes in. It's called Rivers Wanted. I was falling apart in my life in 23 years in in ministry. Can can I go into that a little bit? Please. Because I, I was falling apart. I go, God, where are you? Now, there is a part to this book because I had to go back. Remember, we were talking about my son's fall when he was 16 months old from the window in Japan. Yes. And my husband, as you recall, he was in the Navy, a Navy chaplain, was probably the lowest point in my whole life. If I could have died that day, I would have. I wanted to. But I had a nine-day-old baby and a four-year-old who was Tara. And our son fell 25 feet out of our second floor window. So all these years start just kind of piling up on me. So when this happened to Tara, about three years into this, I said, God, do you care? Do you want me? Do you love me? Because man, if you don't, I am out of here. And I needed a sign. So I asked God for that sign. And we were going of all places to a conference in Canada called the Father's Heart Conference. But I had asked God six months before for a sign. And I said, if you just use my name, no one will ever know. It'll just be between me and you because Rivers is such a strange name. And six months I cried. I was sobbed. I was like having to go through inner healing myself. And on the way to Canada in this unbelievable blizzard, we got off about 17 hours later in upstate New York in a blizzard, turned right for gas and food, decided it was the other way. We made a U-turn. And there on the side of the road was this little restaurant called Angel's Restaurant, fried chicken, which was my very favorite food. (laughs) It was closed because it was two o'clock in the morning. But on the front yard of this little chicken shack was this massive white sign that said, Rivers Wanted. The D had fallen off. Maybe God took it off. I don't know, but it changed my life. You see, everybody wants to know, am I wanted? Am I loved in this life? And what is my purpose? Why was I born? So that's why I'm such an advocate for life, for the child, for family. And because God wants us all. I want everyone listening. God 
is interested in us. He created us. He knew us before the beginning of time. So we are not throwaways. We are wanted by God, but we've got to listen to him. We have got to open ourselves up, take these barriers down and listen to see what God wants for us and to tell us 24-7 that he cares and loves us. Mm. Now, amazing thing that happened. Am I going on? No, go (laughs) go ahead. Go ahead. Amazing thing happened when Tyler was, I think it was about six months and I was vacuuming one day. And I said, God, when are you going to use me? I want to go work. Where am I going to Africa to work with the widows and the orphans? And audible voice said, Rivers, you have a widow and an orphan in your own home. Mm. Go figure. So that's how Hidden Choices was birthed. But we had to walk it out on a daily basis with a mom in a house, a baby in a house, And she needed help and support with how was she going to get medical? She was just a college sophomore now or going into her junior year. And how do we help? And so everything that she was going through, I went through because I was the mama bear with her. Mm. And that's how. Mm. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Oh my gosh, Rivers, you are going to be touching so many people because you're so real. People need to hear this. You are. It's real. We don't have time to be fake, right? No, especially not <laughs> we now. We don't have time. Do you see? Life is of essence. Time is of essence right now because it is upside down. The world is upside down. And we only get this life, and it's so short. All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> What's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? (laughs) A distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And what what happens if they buy it off our website? (gasps) What do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Rivers, I grew up a pastor's kid, as I believe you know. And I can't imagine a pastor's wife, right? And the pressure... That you have with a congregation and kind of a public profile. Yeah. And so it really, it actually surprised me earlier when you said you've known of pastors and their families to actually have their teenage daughter go get an abortion because of right. the impact it has. Mm-hmm. And so do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like pastors' families go through like even more, I guess, than a normal family, right? Whether it's your marriage or your kids or whatever, because there's definitely a stigma around pastor's kids. I, right. I talked to you know, a pastor friend of mine and he said, pastor's sons, and he joked about this. He said, typically they're either a public profile, like a politician or a minister themselves or an international drug dealer because, <laughs> because of, he's like, there's no in between. Right? That's right. <laughs> It's like, how are you going to use the talents and giftings you've been given? So I guess, do you feel like there's something different? Yeah, definitely the laundry flag is always out, right? Yes. Our kids always said, 
Daddy, why couldn't you have just been a doctor or a lawyer? Because, yes, we are out in front. And I guess that's why we're called to a bigger platform, so to speak. So, you know what? We cannot let the enemy steal our voice. And are all families in crisis? Yes. Do we have issues that we have to deal with personally? Yes. But I do remember one time my husband just holding my chin and he said, Rivers, we will minister if we have to bury our son. We will bury him unto the Lord. We will not give up. We are not going to let the enemy win. He will not have our grandson. He will not have our daughters nor our son. And we will be strong. You know, that's what we try to do. Did I answer that question? Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, PK kids, chaplains kids, you know, evangelist kids. I wish I could have a ranch. My dream would have a ranch that they could come and get healed because they are so wounded. But I can tell you, our church in Connecticut, they came around us and they loved us. And not one of them gossiped, not Mm. one, about our situation. They've loved us. So Tara or Tara, Mm -hmm. (laughs) depending on who you talk to, (laughs) ends up getting married Mm -hmm. to a wonderful Christian man. Mm -hmm. Tyler is Mm -hmm. age, I believe, 11 at the time. And can you walk us through how that wedding went? Because I believe Tyler gave like his own speech to his (laughs) father who adopted him. And what an incredible moving moment that must have been. Everybody cried. (laughs) Yes, it was a beautiful wedding. And yes, he gave a phenomenal speech to Jacob and to his mom. And he was the best man. So (sighs) as he gave this speech, people were sobbing. Men came up to my husband later. They said, we don't cry at these things. And (laughs) they were just blown away. (laughs) So... He and Jacob have an unbelievable relationship. Yeah. Mm. So, Steph, yeah. Tara mm-hmm. okay, gets married. Mm-hmm. Tara has two other children. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. But Tyler graduates high school and ends up going to the same exact college. At Baylor? At Baylor University, yes. which is, is shocking to me. I know, shocking. Were you surprised by that? that he, that's where he chose to actually attend. Yes. I wanted him to go to Ole Miss or something. I mean, just (laughs) not to Texas. Yeah. But he loved it. And yes, he's in technology. And he put 4,000 hours into an internship unpaid at Baylor. I hope they hear that. Um, (laughs) And and, uh, yes, I was shocked. Why choose Baylor? Right. But I think he always wanted to go there because his mom loved it. Yeah. She did love it. So this kid whose biological father was telling him, no, 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 I don't want anything yeah. to do with this baby, grows up, yeah. become this amazing, incredible kid, amazing. goes to Baylor, super successful, yeah. gets his degree in business, and mm-hmm. now is, I believe, 24. Mm-hmm. And But isn't that how the enemy works? Like, he takes something, like an unplanned pregnancy, the dad's saying, abort, abort, abort. The mom's there. She has to make this tough decision. Mm-hmm. And doing it God's way. Now there's this incredible human being who's, you know, giving light in this world where the enemy wanted darkness. Right. I just think that's so amazing. Well, this reminds me of Romans 8, 28, where in all things, God is working for our good, right? right? So he takes something that's negative 
And he turns it into something good where I can only imagine how much of a struggle it was for the Teske family Mm -hmm. with a newborn and single mom and all of that. But look at what it turned into. It turned into how strong the church became a nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. helping other pastors and their families Mm -hmm. that are dealing with the same exact issue. This young man goes to the same exact university that he was (laughs) conceived at. And apparently gave them 4,000 unpaid internship <laughs> hours. So, <Yes. laughs> Right? So can you tell us more about Hidden Choices and the nonprofit that you've done? Right. So Hidden Choices started, you know, in 1997, 98. And at that time, there was nothing to bring all the maternity homes together. No one even knew where they were. Crisis pregnancy centers were kind of the new term but not maternity homes. So I started bringing them together, finding out where they were. The internet was so, oh my goodness, what was it? So they, single moms and dads, they live under, you know, such heavy clouds, but these maternity homes house four to six to 12 women. And I know the Sisters of Mercy, a Catholic organization in New York, I know they might have 20 young women in their But these mom and pop places, they use their own homes. Those that are dedicated to life, they open up their homes and the federal government does not give them any monies. Here we have trillions of dollars that we send overseas and that we're not using for our own people. That bothers me. I I can't tell you. I I would go off right now, but you have a nice, (laughs) you have a wonderful (laughs) audience out there. That bothers me when we can't take care of our own, our own children, our own people. So, you um, know, I didn't even know maternity homes existed. Did you? I did not. I had no clue until we were watching something on you and Tyler and, and Tara. And Uh I didn't even know maternity homes were a thing. So I think that's incredible. The government can give all this money to abortion clinics, but they can't give all this money to maternity homes for people to choose life. And adoption. Why are we not making that an easier thing for couples that just, all these couples that have so much love, right? right? Forever families. Yes. Mm -hmm. So true. Well, listeners, I want to leave you with a quote here. This is a quote from the book, Rivers Wanted, and it aligns with everything we've just talked about. So this is a quote from Rivers. It says, I have found that God takes his people through incredible situations, sometimes almost unbearable, so that on the other side, they can minister to people going through similar experiences. Mm. And that is exactly what Rivers and her husband, Pastor Paul, have done. Mm -hmm. And listeners, I would highly recommend you go to her website. It's hiddenchoices.org and also riversteske.com. Her social media is at Rivers Teske Ministries, and that's both Facebook and Instagram. And we will put all of these links in our show notes and on our website and actual link where you can just click on it to go right to the book as well, Rivers Wanted. Look, life is winnable. We have to do something, right? So we are doing something. I thank you so much. I love you both. And please come to Dallas anytime. I want to love on you. (laughs) Your story is incredible. So your story. Thank you, Rivers. We love you. 
Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.